<clears throat> Hello and welcome back to Maria and Mitch's talk show. So today it's just gonna be me, Mitch. I'm gonna be writing solo and I'm gonna be having my first solo episode. So I really wanted to talk about something that is very important to me, something that I'm struggling with, but I'm also working on overcoming, and something that I've just wanted to help others with if they're going through something similar or they have went through something similar. And it's going to be about my battle with depression and anxiety. So I feel like very recently, depression and anxiety is something that a lot of people struggle with, um, maybe because of 2020 itself or just you know in general that they've been struggling with for me it's been about three years and on and off you know like it gets good it gets bad but that was partially because i never got the help that i needed so it kind of started off my freshman year of college so 2017 and it's you know present to present day and July of 2020 this year, I decided to get a psych evaluation done. I had to get one done for school. And I was diagnosed with severe depression and social anxiety. Um, I was very against taking medication because I was like, no, like, I do not want it to get worse because I know she told me some of the side effects were like suicidal thoughts. And I was already struggling with those. I was already struggling with a lot that I didn't want to add more to it, you know, I wanted to cure it naturally, but I just couldn't do it on my own anymore, it was just getting to a point where I would go days without showering, days without brushing my teeth, especially with the whole quarantine and, like, not leaving the house, like, it just made it that much easier for me to just bury myself in a hole that I couldn't get out of, and my hygiene became so disgusting and that just added on to my self-loathing and the negative things I would think about myself and say to myself and it was hard it was really hard and it's still hard but I feel like I've grew from July till now it's November I feel like a completely different person in just these couple of months I'm not gonna say that it was easy because it wasn't and I'm still struggling but I do want to talk about my experience um mental there is no cookie cutter for mental illness um not everybody that has depression is because is depressed because of trauma or the same triggers they don't have the same triggers I mean um there's no cookie cutter for mental illness um you know there's a big like spectrum of mental illness, depression, anxiety, like bipolar disorder, mood disorder, a lot of stuff. And honestly, I was very like ignorant when it came to mental illness, just because it's not something that as a Latina I was raised knowing about, something that was very normal, like normalized in our communities um in our schools like mental health days uh what was that uh you know like we never i didn't know about that and i know a lot of people still struggle with talking to their parents about it or their families like oh es que eres bien huevona 
es que eres bien cochina, no te cuidas, no limpias, limpia tu cuarto, haces esto, haz lo otro, but you know, there's stuff that you're dealing with that you don't even know how to help yourself, that it just gets really bad. And that was me. Um, I was very, like, I felt very lonely, very sad for no reason, very depressed. I have a home, I have an awesome relationship, I have my family, I have my friends, I have school, I have a job. I had, you know, a job at the time when I was extremely depressed and I was making good money. It was something that I loved doing, baking and meeting new people and just, you know, it was something that I loved, but little by little, I kind of started hating it. I kind of, just to bake something, oh my God, it would take like the most energy out of me and I felt so drained and I hated it. Even cooking, like if you know me personally, if you have me on Snapchat, you know how annoying I am of like posting my food and it's because I love food, I love cooking, I love experimenting and even cooking was such a drag to me and I hated it. And when I got my psych evaluation done, she was like, okay, what are some things that you love doing? And I was like, I love cooking, I love baking, I love reading, I love making art, I like doing this, that. And she's like, how long has it been since you've done it? And I'm like, honestly, a while because it just felt like such a drag to do any of the things that I loved. It was more like a chore than something for fun. And that's kind of when I started realizing, like, damn, girl, like, you're really depressed. Like, I knew, but I didn't, like, self-diagnose myself. And I'm like, yeah, I have depression and anxiety. But I got my diagnosis, and she was like, Mercedes, like, you're severely depressed, and you have social anxiety, and you would really benefit from medication because you need that extra help. Like, you're not producing enough serotonin, and you need that. And now I've been producing my own serotonin. I, I'm still on medication. I got put on antidepressants, um, anxiety medication for performance, like mostly for school. And um, what was the other one? Uh, like an agitation slash sleep medication because I was having a hard time sleeping. I couldn't sleep. And when I would sleep, I just felt like it wasn't enough and I wanted to sleep all day. I was misusing melatonin. I would drink like five or six pills at a time, drink them throughout the whole day just to keep myself asleep because I didn't want to feel anything. I didn't want to feel the sadness. I didn't want any thoughts in my head. I just wanted everything to stop, right? And I had been struggling with suicidal thoughts, but from 2017 till August, I never really like acted on any thoughts like I talked to my psychiatrist like is it normal that when I'm driving I'm like oh what if I like swerve a little to the left and boom like I hit a tree or the car next to me you know and she was like that's completely normal like I've gotten thoughts like that and those are intrusive thoughts and it's very common and a lot of people get them it's just when you act upon them that it is alarming and you need help so I would constantly like get those thoughts and then I'd start writing in my note like saying goodbye to so-and-so or writing a letter to like so-and-so or like you know like very like dark like you know but I wouldn't talk to anybody about it and one of the people that I was able to talk to about 
this was Maria because, you know, she struggles with her own stuff. Um, hopefully she can open up about that because I feel like she's been such a big help to me. And in September, you know, she was a very, like, big rock for me along with my boyfriend and my family. Um, September, I, I was already, like, on... A higher dose of medication and I was drinking alcohol very frequently which I wasn't supposed to be doing but it was just because oh my god I just didn't want to feel anything I didn't want to worry anymore I didn't want to I just wanted a, the easy way out you know and that was it with me for alcohol you know like I was like okay like I feel good when I'm drinking but afterwards I hated myself like I hated myself and I'm like wow like you know like you're disgusting like you're an awful person like you don't deserve anyone in your life you don't deserve anything good in your life and like the alcohol just made me more depressed and that's normal because alcohol if you guys know is a depressant aside from tequila but let's not get into like the technicalities okay so i was just hating myself more and more and it was getting worse um, my psychiatrist bumped my medication up, like, my dosage, and I should have been open with her and be like, hey, you know, like, it's not helping me, if anything, it's making it worse, and I didn't know how to talk to her or, like, how to bring it up, and I was just like, yeah, 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 like, I'm good, I'm feeling better, blah, 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 blah. and I was just ignoring the signs, so my suicidal thoughts were becoming more frequent, and in September... Uh, the 22nd to be exact since the morning I had I know it was a Tuesday and I had a class and I remember specifically we had a I had a Portuguese quiz and I just felt so bad about myself because honestly I didn't study all that much and I was like like you're so dumb you know like you had this time to study like you're not working and you're just wasting your time like you're a waste of space like you know, doing my regular negative talk on myself. And that day, like, I was like, you know what, bitch, today is the day you die. Today is the day where you're going to finally, like, end it. Like, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing all of these things in my head. I'm tired of feeling like this. I feel like shit. I feel so lonely. I feel miserable. Like, nothing satisfies me. Not the money. Not the job. Not my car. Not my home not my relationship, not my family, not my dog, nothing, like, nothing satisfied me, and I was tired of it, I was like, you know what, okay, like, game over, like, you're gonna die today, so I took my quiz, and I beat myself up over it, when I, in reality, I did really good on it, and I remember I went to the kitchen, and it's not funny, but, like, um, like I'm so like I don't know I put a knife under my sink like in my restroom and I was like bitch today is the day you're gonna die and trigger warning I'm sorry I'm gonna put a trigger warning uh, for this episode um so I did that and then I slept most of the day again melatonin I took melatonin and I took my sleeping med because I wanted to just sleep I didn't want to think I didn't want to feel so I put myself to sleep and then I went to take a shower. I think my boyfriend was already here or I don't know. I don't remember. Like that day was such a blackout and I'm still trying to put pieces and pieces and like 
parts together to make sense of what happened. But long story short, I showered. I don't remember if it was when I was in the shower or when I got out. But I remember trying to cut myself with that stupid Ikea knife. And it wouldn't do anything. And if you have any knives from Ikea, they're super sharp. But for some reason, it was dull as shit. And it wasn't cutting. It was, like, tickling me. And it's not funny. (laughs) Like, it's not funny. But, (laughs) like, just thinking about it, I'm like, it literally felt like a butter knife. So then I was like, this isn't cutting it. And, like, you're going to die today. So I got, I remembered, I was like, oh, like, there's um, extra razor heads in my cabinet like I'm gonna get some and cut myself I tried to slit my wrist and it wasn't like it wouldn't cut me and I was like how come when I shave I cut myself all the time but when I want to purposely do it it's not working I was like in that moment I was like ay ni para eso sirves like ni para matarte ni para hacer esto like you're so useless so I was just feeding into the negativity and the negative thoughts. So then I stabbed the razors, took one out, and I just remember blood going down my arms. The next thing I knew, I was in bed with my wrists covered, like in paper. The bleeding had stopped, and they weren't very like like deep, but they were kind of deep. Not like very. They were kind of superficial, but honestly, it did take like two three weeks to fully heal my wrist and I was kind of embarrassed I would always wear sweaters and long sleeves in the hospital when I got admitted um the day after my suicide attempt I had a appointment with my psychiatrist and she asked if I could admit myself to the hospital voluntarily and I did I was there for eight days um right after it happened i the first person i told was maria and i was like hey dude like i did something stupid i don't know what to do i don't know who to talk to and it was i was just kind of like all over the place because i felt so much shame and guilt and just like i was just scared for myself and of myself so i texted a crisis hotline and i calmed down i processed what had happened i was just crying and crying and my boyfriend called the office of um, where my psychiatrist and my therapist are and they were like okay you know like she has an appointment tomorrow like you know like she can help her out more tomorrow when she sees her so I logged into you know my appointment talked to her like I cried even more showed her my wounds and later on I got admitted to the hospital I was there for like about eight days and honestly it was like a stepping stone into my recovery. Um, I can talk a little bit more about my experience if you guys want but like for now it's just going to be short and simple. I was there for eight days. Um, There was a like a doctor there. There was a psychiatrist, therapist every day. Um, It was a very like scheduled um, like we had a very scheduled days um we had a roommate um and it's not just a facility for mental health it was also like for people that struggle with addiction like maybe with drugs or alcohol and most of the people from my like from our where I was at it was mostly people that were struggling with addiction and we got put into that place because there was not much space in the other ones but I'm very grateful because I met some incredible people that you know struggle with addiction and mental health and 
I didn't feel like I stuck out. I kind of like got to know them and I was like, wow, you know, like there's other people going through similar things. There's other people that are hurting. There's other people that have had the same thoughts as me and I'm not alone. So it was, it was such a good thing for me to go there. And I feel like I got the help that I needed from that specific place. Um, but I know that my journey did not stop there and I know that I wasn't going to fix, going to get fixed there, but it was a stepping stone into my recovery. So I can make like an episode or talk to Maria about like <laughs> what I went through in there. Cause I would tell her like little like bits and pieces and it was like, like funny and like sad and I don't know it was just a lot but like there's a lot that I have to say about that but yeah so I was in there and you know I would wake up like at five in the morning they would take my vitals um we were not allowed to have anything with like jaw strings um anything with alcohol like a mouthwash or like conditioner I think it was I had like alcohol um I wasn't allowed to have my phone because it had a crack on the back and obviously a bitch was in there for that reason so (laughs) I didn't get my phone which was honestly the best thing that ever happened to me I was eight days no phone unplugged from the world I was just you know living in the moment like I had time to deal with my emotions I had time to process my emotions and actually deal with it because I had so much time on my hands okay so some things I learned in there were how to identify my bad coping mechanisms and my triggers which is very important so you know how do I know that I'm gonna spiral into a depressive episode how do I know that I'm going to get myself so depressed that it's going to be so hard for me to come out of that deep lonely hole so for me it's isolating myself when I isolate myself I push people away and that can be like my friends my boyfriend my siblings my mom like my family I kind of just stop answering their text messages their snapchats their dms whatever um also like negative talk like i know i'm going in the bad direction when i'm talking bad to myself talking down on myself like i know it's not okay and i've identified that as a bad coping mechanism another thing is misusing you know alcohol prescribed drugs or you know recreational marijuana like stuff like that so like i mentioned melatonin i was using melatonin very frequently and i just wanted to sleep all the time and i shouldn't have been doing that and honestly i haven't drank melatonin in months like i sleep good at night and i wake up and i don't even drink my sleeping medication because i've just developed developed such a good sleeping schedule where i can sleep good at night and i wake up and i'm good 
<sighs> okay, so good coping skills. Um, my personal favorite, I do have a list from A through Z, and it's a lot. If anybody would like to reach out and would like the list, I can send you send it to you. I got it at the hospital. But my personal favorites are dancing. I have a playlist, and I told Maria this a couple months back. Like, make a playlist whenever you're feeling sad. Like, dance. Put music that just makes you want to get up and move and just... Moving your body helps so much with depression and anxiety. Like sometimes your body is so stressed that it just needs to move. It needs to be stretched. It needs, it just needs to get up and do something. So that's my favorite. Um, that also builds serotonin naturally. Going for a walk. I love doing that. Taking my dog on a walk or putting my AirPods in and just listening to a podcast. And then once it's over, come back home and that's it. Um, writing. It can be letters to yourself, um, to other people. Um, it can just be like mental thing, mental notes, you know, like, okay, like today, blah, blah, blah happened. Um, and I, I felt like this. And how did I react? And how can I, like, how can I react differently next time something similar happens you know like process your feelings identify the real issue like am i really sad like do i have a reason to be sad or is this depression so you need to identify you know is it really dep a depressive moment or do i have a reason to be sad because there's a difference and you need to learn how to identify that other good coping skills that I have developed is counting, pacing up and down, back and forth. Pick a high number and count to that number. If you're still feeling anxious, if you still feel like you're going to have a panic attack, keep counting, keep counting, keep counting. It helps. Um, planting, gardening. I recently, thanks to my mom, have gotten into plants and I love it. I gave them names. I watered. <laughs> if you guys hear snores, it's my dog. I'm sorry. So I gave them names and I have like a routine with them. I talk to them. Um, talk to your water. I know that sounds stupid, but talk to your water. Say positive things because it's going into your body and the positive things you say to your water is going into you. Um, I am affirmations or positive affirmations, inspirational quotes or just good quotes. I like to pick a quote or two each day. Um, I pick some today. And some of them, or I'll say two of them. Um, people should be an addition to your life, not your whole life. Um, so for me, I have a habit of making my life like kind of about other people and like what they need. And I neglect myself and my needs and my needs are not being met. So I'm not happy. My body's not happy. My mental health is not happy. So, you know, people are an addition to your life. They're not your life. Another one is, is um, happiness is the only thing that multiplies when you share it. So if you're happy and you share that happiness with others and they share that happiness with others, you know, it's something that keeps multiplying. Usually when you share something, there's less of and less of, but happiness is the one thing that gets multiplied. Um, also, for hygiene, like I said, I struggled with, you know, like, keeping up with brushing my teeth and showering. 
open your curtains up when as soon as you wake up open your curtains up i do that in my room i do that in the living room in the kitchen like everywhere i open my curtains up ready for the sun to come in and it just makes me feel better it makes my day start off bright and full of sunshine um for me what i do is like i wake up the first thing i do go use a restroom brush my teeth i forget stuff a lot so sometimes if i I go take my dog out and i go to the restroom again i'm like did i brush my teeth or not but just to be on the safe side i will brush them again you can't hurt yourself by brushing your teeth again and then brush them again before bed showers um i've been keeping up with my showers i don't wash my hair every day but my body yes and it's something that's completely necessary and it's part of keeping your body healthy another thing is listen to good podcasts listen to people that have positive things to say um one of my favorites that i recommend is Brene brown and i've never i never thought i would identify with a caucasian woman like she's way older than i am probably like my mom's age or like a little bit younger or a little bit older than my mom i don't know how old she is but she i feel like i know her and i feel like she's my friend and she is a caucasian woman and she is way older than me and i love her but her stuff is so good um on spotify she's called unlocking us she has another one but that one's my favorite um on youtube she has a lot of short animations and i highly recommend them i really recommend the empathy and sympathy one um like check her out like she i love her and i listen to her on my way to work instead of music sometimes just to you know get more knowledge of something to learn a little bit more about mental health um because what you feed your brain is also very important um so yeah gratitude um i like writing a little list of gratitude in the mornings like 10 things i'm grateful for in the morning 10 things i'm grateful for at night i'm not gonna lie and say i do it every single day i try to but i'm not gonna lie and say yeah i do it every day no but gratitude is very important thankful be thankful for the little things be thankful for the people around you for the stuff you do have like try to not focus on what you don't have and what you're lacking and if you focus on what you do have and on the positive like you will see a big difference in your life um and yeah so there's a lot that maybe i didn't get to talk about but you know, I feel like I did cover a lot. And another thing I would recommend is the book The Four Agreements. Um, from the top of my head, I'm trying to remember the agreements. Maybe they're not in the specific order, but I know it's um, be impeccable with your word, do your best, don't make assumptions, and don't take anything personally. I personally struggle with that and anything you do or say i'm gonna take personally so i try not to do that i'm like you know what i am not responsible for others other people's actions i am not responsible for other people's feelings i can only control what i do what i say and what i feel and i think that's very important um and i hope that this episode has helped someone at least one person um Oh, some resources. Some resources that I have is Fresh Start. Um, 
it is they have support groups it's a women's foundation right now their like offices are closed like the place the physical place is closed but you can sign up through zoom there's webinars there's meetings yoga there's a lot of stuff it's just like support groups you know like people that can help you out going through similar stuff um and i love it and i would recommend it 100 percent to anybody um copper springs is a facility where i was admitted and they also do therapy there so if you're looking for somewhere to do therapy um right now part of my recovery is um healing my inner child so that's what i'm working on right now and i do that through my center which is um second chance treatment center um if you're not sure if your insurance covers or like you're worried about the money aspect contact your insurance and they should be able to set you up with behavioral health that is covered by your insurance and then yeah so again do stuff to build serotonin process your feelings and um if anyone ever needs help needs advice, needs someone to talk to, I'm always going to be there because I'm someone that struggles with this and I've been building up my support system and hopefully, you know, I can be part of someone's support system when they need it and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope it wasn't too dark or too, like, serious. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for listening and... Talk to you next time.